Well, what's up, everyone? Thank you for joining me again here at Free Mike Live. Today is the first episode of the Free Mike Cast. So now I'll be bringing in some guests from all over the place, and today's my today my special guest is a friend of mine, Derek Wilson. Um, I made a video last night, and I was uh, uh, analyzing, making my own commentary of his commentary <laughs> in uh, the Texas Scorecard. Uh, but first, while we were talking or we were just having a conversation, which kind of got off a little bit of, off the subject, but you know, I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, news came out, breaking news. President Trump acquitted second time. That's right, second time. Two scoops, two genders, two acquittals. Let's deal with it. And in any case, well, hope you enjoy the show. And uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, with us here today is Derek Wilson. He's the president of the Tarrant County uh, Young Republicans. And full disclosure, I am the uh, communication director for the Tarrant County Young Republicans. So we're buddies. We know each other. Uh, we've been, we've uh, been work, we worked each other, with each other for about, oh, about a year, a year and a half now. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, just about. I think we've known, known each other longer than that. But you're the yeah. best communications director we've ever had. Really? That includes that includes out of me too, because uh, I I did it and you do a much better job. Oh no, no. So all I do is just post some dank memes sometimes. Oh yeah, well the one you posted <laughs> last night about Gina Carano got almost I think two hundred likes now. I don't know I if you looked so. at it. I think so. Yeah, it, uh, it was a pretty big hit in uh, an Instagram. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Considering the uh, the amount of followers, plus you've really built up our following over there. Yeah. So you've done a great job. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, thank you. Well, uh, speaking of that whole whole uh, thing with debacle with Disney, uh, mm -hmm. I think that's probably one of the things that has kind of woken up a lot of a lot of people, um, with especially a lot of normies, you know, and and also conservatives of how much power, cultural power, a lot of these institutions have and how much we've, we've lost and uh mm -hmm. you re recently wrote a, an um, an opinion editorial uh in texas mm -hmm. scorecard and you know you could discuss about it in a little bit but um yeah i as, as i was reading it i was like thinking man I, I i totally agree with that and that that's exactly what i've been thinking we've lost all this cultural power all this institutional power and ceded it to basically the corporate left, not necessarily pro uh, progressives or anything like that. But these people are, you know, they, they, they're in the left wing of the political spectrum, in my opinion, but mm -hmm. they are definitely corporatists. They're definitely yeah. people who are in it for the money. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll pander to whoever they can to get that. And, and because we, we as you know, you and I uh, are probably you know we, we consider ourselves as conservatives. We, a lot of us, we've we've our parents and our previous generation have opted to go for uh, you know for actually real work, uh, what's considered real work, you know, like uh, mm -hmm. in politics talk, and uh, and kind of left the arts and entertainment. And the tech industry kind of like at the wayside and many of us, you know, and it's, it's understandable, you know, we, we, we're, we're built to, to, um, to grow our families, to have families and, and, and have uh, secure jobs. But 
But aside from that, because we've lost all this cultural power, they could just run roughshod on us. And a lot of people just hate us in many, in many ways because they're just trained, they're so ingrained and trained to hate Republicans and conservatives. Yeah. Well, I think uh, there's a, a couple of things going there. I think part of the reason the Gina Carano thing was so big of a deal to a lot of us, and some of us had a hard time putting our thumb on exactly why this was the straw that broke the camel's back. And it's mm. that Gina Carano, like when they first started silencing people on the right, like the Alex Joneses and stuff, mm. and we're like, okay, yeah, I kind of get it. But Gina Carano wasn't like some sort of conservative firebrand. She was yep. like moderate. Yeah. Like, we're looking at him going, wow, if they silence her and she's milder than I am and I consider myself to be reasonable, then what's to keep my head from being on the chopping block next? That's where they want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. We pulled out of we pulled out of the culture. And what I didn't mention in the article, a place that gets a lot of the blame is um, particularly for those who grew up in um, in conservative um christian or evangelical circles we looked at a lot of those places like the arts and media and Mm. and they had already started to sour at that point and our culture our subculture kind of went well those places belong to the devil stay out of them and then we just (laughs) gave it to them all together and they were like thank you and they ran with it you know yeah so we're over here yeah we're over here building our our empire or whatever we're doing, we're building our businesses and everything else. Um, you know, whether you're a carpenter or a plumber mm-hmm. or, or a CEO or whatever. I mean, I know a lot of conservatives that are working in the business world as well, mm-hmm. but we left media and everything else out to dry, like just totally left it out. We don't, we don't send a lot of people into education. Texas, mm-hmm. I've noticed, isn't as bad as other places. I do meet conservative teachers here, um, yeah. but I can tell you That's on the a lot East of Coast, they're kind of they're kind of rare on the East Coast. Really, and there's a a lot of people that started putting their kids into homeschooling because mm-hmm. of it. Um, and you'll notice there's a big cultural difference in the way that those homeschool kids grew up versus those who went to public school. And it's because of what they were taught. So mm-hmm. what we, what, in my opinion, we need to be doing is we need to take those tactics that we use for homeschooling and we need to be putting our money into creating private schools that are affordable and better than the public schools, so that people go, you know what, I want to send my kid over there. Because, you know, if he wants to, if my kid wants to, I don't know, be a plumber or a welder or whatever, they've got shop classes, so they don't have to go to college. Or if they want to go in academia, they're going to be respected because all the kids that come out of the school are, are very smart and well-educated. And, you know, we need to create an alternative, but it has to be a better alternative. And I think if we do that, we actually have a shot at molding kids who understand and love liberty. Yeah, and those kids are going to grow up and make a change in the world. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned academia, and it's funny because all this cancel culture actually started in academia. If you remember, I think it was about 2015, 2016, there was this huge mm-hmm. uproar in Evergreen College uh, with, I, th- I believe it was Brett Weinstein or Eric Weinstein. It was one of the Weinstein brothers. And mm-hmm. they, 
they were warning at that time because uh, at the time, it, it the students were wanted to have like some sort of segregated uh, safety day or something, where they wanted to have right. all the white people stay home and all the you know right. everybody right. else. And yeah, the professor Weinstein comes in there and says, "You know what? I'm here to teach. If you guys, I need to get in my class, and I'm not going to go home is because you tell me to go home." And so they shouted him down. They they smeared him and. And they actually forced him, I think him and his wife, out of the Evergreen College. And they're liberals. They're, yeah. they're, they're old school liberals, mm -hmm. uh, the Democrats, you know. And well, they're kind of rare these days. They, I don't know if old they're rare, liberals. but I think they're, I think in many ways they are scared, one, because mm -hmm. they, they, they feel like they don't have the power anymore. And two, a lot of them are really blind to this whole thing. Because, I mean, I, I've spoken to some some regular liberals and they're so surprised at how much cultural shift there has been a mm -hmm. lot of them even tell me like they don't even recognize their own like you know like the democratic party anymore and they, they really identified with it a long time ago um, right and i think it's just within the last 10 years actually yeah and uh well you're you're right about the schools for sure yeah. but what what he had to have not noticed was that in order for that to happen, those kids didn't learn that at home. Oh, it no, didn't no. come out of nowhere. No, this, that was this his, building. his fellow professors mm -hmm. that were teaching these kids like this. And somehow he either remained ignorant to it or, you know, he didn't want to see oh. it or maybe he didn't take it seriously. Well, he's um, not ignorant of it now. <laughs> no, but, you know, he ended up being the moderate and moderates are out, you know. Oh, yeah. If you're so, moderate, uh, you're right wing. There was, I think, uh, there was a uh, an, an AOC supporter. I was posting in in Twitter. He was a pretty popular guy. He's got his own podcast, and what he was, uh, he posted this meme that says, "We have no left wing party here. We have no left wing group or left wing leader representing us." And AOC to him was the moderate. Nancy Pelosi was the center right. Right. Anything else is far yeah. right. Yeah, they reframed the center for sure. And, I remember at the and, end of the Obama presidency, they were talking about how he was essentially a conservative, a right wing yes. president. Oh, and yeah. we were like, whoa, did we just watch the Overton window jump like mm -hmm. right over to the left? Yeah, and they and do you, that on and purpose. You wrote about they that in your, in your op ed. Yeah. You wrote mm -hmm. about that. Um, the Overton window just shifted massively. And I remember people mm -hmm. at the end were, were just flabbergasted like what the heck is going on even in new york i was actually living in new york at that time uh let's see 2014 and mm -hmm. i think that's the first time i heard that somebody actually mentioned obama as kind of like a pseudo conservative or the republican the republicans democrat you know as uh, they, they were called and one of my one of some uh, somebody i knew up there just couldn't believe what, what he was hearing i said you know he's a flaming liberal how could they say that yeah, you know, at that time, we just kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, they were just talking, whatever. But yeah, where are we now? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's because the party shifted to the left during his presidency so quickly that he actually got left behind on what they consider their right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, you always hear you hear two conflicting stories from leftists all the time. They either tell you that the Republican Party has swung to the right. Like, or they say the Republican Party hasn't changed with the times. Now, these are two incompatible ideas, like either we've swung or we haven't changed. 
the reason for that, I believe, is because they're swinging so far to the left. It's kind of like a bunch of people on a boat looking at an island and swearing the island is floating away. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not the island that's moving. It's you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to be truthful, like the Republican Party's even swung to the left. Like I remember, yes. like we look at a lot of us look now at Trump as like this epitome of like conservatism. I think he's more of a populist. But, you know, even like the most hardcore conservatives are like everybody Trump, knew he was Trump, a liberal Trump. back in New York. Everybody knew he right. was a liberal. Right. And so, you know, we're all about these conservative values and such. But, you know, Trump spent a ton of money. Fiscally, he wasn't super conservative. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he entered office as the most pro LGBT president in history entering I office. I still remember that. And it, yeah. And the and, Republicans and people, clapped for it. <laughs> Right. And it's like two years ago, if this guy was on the other side, this would be a problem. But now it's we've we've shifted with it, I guess. I I don't know. I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing necessarily. I'm just saying we have moved to the left in a lot of regards and we're still considered Mm -hmm. to be moving to the right somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, you know. One of the things, one of the important uh, arguments back in the day, and it's like, but before Trump was, you know, there was a lot of staunch few marketers, and you know, there has to be no government intervention in in some in some ways, you know, and minimal regulation. But now you're starting to hear a lot of conservatives talk about actually regulating tech companies, regulating a lot of our trade, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of some of the, some of that was was a, was a Democrat talking point. Uh, about a decade mm. ago and we have moved into that territory where right. we realized that there's so much power on the other side that i don't that in some some ways some people including me i've you know i i'm not mm-hmm. as staunch as a, as a free marketer as i was i mean i i i'm still for free market but i do believe right. that we do need some sort of balance uh especially in the tech area yeah, I, I have thought about that myself because I was usually like I used to be very strictly libertarian on the issue, mm-hmm. um, but we're beginning to see the repercussions of that. And, you know, it's, it's not entirely the free market, per se, that's at fault here. We also we also allow how do I put this. We also let all of these large companies lobby for laws that benefit themselves to the detriment of smaller companies. Yeah, I don't necessarily I think that that's a free market. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, um, if you yeah. read Teddy Roosevelt's autobiography, he talks about something, I think he called it the Black Horse Brigade or Black Horse Cavalry or whatever, but basically it was lobbyists that would come in and they they by politicians or convince politicians however you want to put it but they were large companies that would pass laws against themselves knowing they could afford to comply with them Mm -hmm. but their smaller competitors could not and so it allowed these large companies get bigger and bigger as all of their smaller competitors fall off to the wayside Mm -hmm. and i think we've let that go on for so long that we've created these behemoths that make it smaller for small or harder for smaller competitors to enter the industry. Otherwise, you know, places like parlor could have made it, Mm -hmm. but they're so limited in options now 
that I, last I heard they were they were in some foreign country trying to find hosting service. I believe it was Russia actually. They were trying to yeah, get, get a good. hosting service <laughs> from a Russian server. But then I think somebody they found a problem because when John Matsy was trying to negotiate a deal, I think somebody found that that the whatever that server was, they could not secure him because there was just mm. such a hold on the internet by by the U.S. companies that they, they could not mm. guarantee it. So they they had to eventually back out of that deal, and John Matsy yeah. got fired. So so do we go the Teddy Roosevelt route and start trust busting the heck out of things? <laughs> You know, it's like, funny you said that. You know, Teddy Roosevelt was considered a populist back then. That's true. He was. <laughs> he was a progressive Republican. Yeah. Um, progressives always try and remind me of that fact, like he was one of them. But I'm like, have you actually ever read Teddy Roosevelt? He's like talking about the family unit. Like he's oh, got yeah. part. He's got a, a, a section where he like he chews out abortion more or less. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I love to bring this up to him because they're like, ah, he was a progressive. He was all about women's rights. It's like, well, women's right to vote. Yeah, but not to murder. Um, yeah, yeah. There was one book or one, I think it was chapter eight in his autobiography. He talked about uh, uh, he was, when he was governor of New York, he would get pardon letters from, you know, people's mothers. You know, my mm -hmm. son wasn't that bad. Please, you know, commute a sentence or whatever. Um, well, there was this guy who had, had a mistress and he got her pregnant and he got her to have an abortion and this guy's mother wrote in and asked for a pardon for him because he he was charged for it um and teddy roosevelt said that he wrote her back and said not only would not give him a pardon he he wished it was within his power to increase the sentence wow and he put that in his autobiography he was he was staunch about it Dang. um but yeah, he was he was a progressive, but he wasn't a leftist in any you know, regard whatsoever. Labels change over time. It's like how mm -hmm. liberals used to mean classical liberals, right? And now then social liberals, but now liberal to in the general sense is basically leftist. Basically leftism. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of these liberals are well, the you know the social liberals are trying to fight that. I mean, you have that. You mm -hmm. see that with with Tim Pool. See that with, uh, mm. with some even some progressives are fighting back with the, with the woke leftism that that even they right. are are getting hammered now. Yeah. Um, and uh, speaking of this whole cultural power um, uh, about about leftists taking over our institutions, and one of the things that, that struck me, and I was as I was reading your your op ed, is that you did say that we need to develop our own infrastructure, basically. You know, to be able to mm. cultivate all these things in the arts and technology, and mm -hmm. one of the criticisms that, that that somebody brought up to me, and I was listening about, it, is that eventually what is going to happen is that you're going to have two structures, two different structures, and we're not going to be able to communicate with each other, and the fear of that is decoupling, and now with that, and uh, this is was brought up by, they're not they're not conservatives. I think it was Luke. Rundowski or somebody, somebody from one of those podcasts was saying, if the logical conclusion is that we are going to have parallel structures and eventually then we're going to have to talk about possible, a possible peaceful divorce in our, in our own country. I, for one, don't want that. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants, uh, you know, everybody, we, we want to have, you know, we want to have a strong country and, 
now we're hearing all this talk about, you know, well, what, why don't we bring it up? And, you know, as, as, as you know, uh, there's, there's a bill right now in the, in the Texas uh, Congress, uh, Texas uh, uh, Capitol, that they're trying to bring up a uh, referendum. Texas legislature, yep. Yeah, uh, trying to bring a referendum uh, to see if we could uh, vote yeah. on it. I think eventually it's going to come to that. Yeah. Um, well, if it had to happen, of course, you'd want it to be peaceful, especially mm -hmm. since, you know, we're now in our 30s. And you you always hope that if there's some sort of conflict, it would happen to your generation and not to your children's generation. That's true. Mm -hmm. um, which is all the more reason now to try and make sure it's a peaceful one, if anything. But honestly, I don't think. I don't think that separation could work for this country. I think we are too dependent on each other. We have pushed in the bubbles and we, we more or less do grow up in different Americas, even when we live in the same country, a lot of times mm -hmm. because of our subculture, our surroundings. And, you know, one of the things that makes America great is that we have all of these States that have a certain amount of autonomy um, so that these cultures can grow and we can still work together. We have or had um, some common values that we all shared. The um, problem is that those values are breaking down. I mean, when you're looking at mm -hmm. places where they're tearing down statues of, of George Washington or mm -hmm. removing Abraham Lincoln's name from a mm -hmm. school because he was a racist. Or decapitating um, I, I uh, Grant and all that. Right. Um, when that stuff starts happening, you do have to wonder if there's a breakdown coming, but we can't really survive without each other at this point. Um, this, this whole country, the way the infrastructure is built, the way that our commerce is built, I mean, just look at the, if all of the red places left, first off, we'd have to leave all the major cities behind mm -hmm. really. Um, Where's all the food going to go? We're going to have to have like giant. Just look at a map of the United States split into red and blue counties, and you'll see how how it would. Oh work. yeah, oh yeah, uh, you, yeah. You have so spots of blue, and everything else is red. Right. <laughs> this isn't like the Civil War when there was a strong delineation between North and South, and all of the, you know, all the newspapers in the South supported the South, and mm -hmm. all of the media down there and all the churches were on the same side and in the north um you know the same sort of thing it's it's not like that anymore we are very separated even though we all live together and we are all you know feet apart more or less um yeah in a lot of ways i think that one of the things that makes this country of such great value commercially um, and to the whole world is this country's stability. We have the longest lasting constitution. Um, we had a civil, civil war, you know, back in the 1860s, but compared to the world stage, we have been extremely stable. And another reason that it would not work is if we started to bust up, that stability is going to be gone. We're, this country is not going to be a, as great a place for um, other countries to put their investments. They're not going to depend on it for infrastructure industry like it has. Um, there are other countries that in a lot of ways uh, are 
doing better than us in um, intellectual fields like tech and such. I think we uh, we would have a hard time with, you know, South Korea, for instance, I believe, has some very good um, tech industry. Uh, well, South Korea and Japan have always had a very high tech uh, industry and um, a lot of them um we're able to go forward they have very good education of the, of the defense that we've uh, we've actually provided them they don't have to worry so much well south korea is a little different yeah. but in japan definitely they don't have, they don't they don't have to put so much money into their, their defense mm-hmm. um they just lose you there oh there yeah well and that's another thing to consider as well that's another thing to consider as well in a lot of ways um the united states is the pin in the grenade Mm-hmm. for the world you know what i mean like i think we we keep the world a little bit more peaceful i know that we can take a lot of flack for being the world police and a lot of ways i do think we overdo it um but if we were not on the world stage as a unified country that would step in in certain scenarios i think there are other world powers that would look to take advantage of our absence mm-hmm so yep, China, that would be bad for the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, China, Russia, um, a, any of them, really. I mean, I'm sure we'd see a lot of small conflicts. I mean, a world without conquest is historically really odd. And we don't have a lot of conquest going on right now. Yep. This is so, probably one of the few times in the world where uh, conquest has has ceased um, i mean there's been definitely those that tried i mean hussein saddam hussein yeah. tried i mean russia yeah russia annexed crimea well um, you know uh, well and, and and there's hong kong but there's yeah there's like nuance there you yeah know? There's, there's it's not like they there. just it's not like when hitler looked at poland and was like hmm mine. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not how that's not how that worked yeah he, yeah 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 that, that guy got re- yeah yeah so, well, I think that's all we're gonna do for today. My connection seems to getting be getting a little unstable, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it for now. Yeah, uh, no problem. Yeah, Derek, thank you for okay. uh, spending your time. Uh, I think we spent about uh, about 20, 25 minutes actually discussing and just catching up. Yeah. Well, right. I I hope it was of use to you. I appreciate the uh, the opportunity to talk with you and. Uh, you know, it's always a great conversation with you. So, yeah, yeah man, stay stay warm over the next couple of days. It's supposed uh, to you get too. really frigid. You too. Uh, I just uh, put out that uh, little uh, little notice from the Texas uh, Department of Transportation that uh, driving is going to be a little bit difficult the next couple of days. So, you guys be careful. Yeah, they're, they're a little late on that notice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank All you. right, man. Thank you. Bye.